A couple weeks ago, after 10 years in sales, operations, and program management, I left a very good job in the tech industry to pursue a new career in software engineering. I'm also sunsetting my standalone coaching practice for now so I can be all in on this new path. I don't know what the future holds, but after years of reflection and experimentation, I'm letting go of the life I've built over the last 30 years to make space for the life I want over the next 60. I created Learning La Vida as a capturing point for many of my reflections in this next chapter of my life. Writing and speaking helped me untangle my brain, so publishing here is as much for me as it is for you. Thank you for being here, and always drop me a respectful note with any thoughts, ideas, and feedback. This first post is very meta for some people, but it's important to anchor you around the frame of reference slash thought exercise that I've used over the years to let go of scripts that I was relentlessly following and finally give myself permission to pursue new choices. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe for future ideas. So, where should we start? I'd say, how about a blank slate in the grandest scheme of things? And I'd say, let's just go ahead and zoom out. Okay, despite our best science, we can only thoroughly explain about 5% of our universe. Everything else we call dark matter or dark energy. And you know how DNA makes each of us, us? Well, did you know that every single human shares about 99.9% of DNA with every single one of the 7 billion people alive on Earth today? We share 96% of DNA with chimpanzees. We share 60% of DNA with bananas. Business Insider summarized a TED Talk on this, explaining that a, quote, printed version of your entire genetic code would occupy some 262,000 pages. And of those pages, just about 500 would be unique to you. We've discovered an enormous amount about reality, and yet we only can explain 5% of it? We've understood so much about reality that we recently developed a vaccine to protect against a global pandemic in record time, yet we're not much closer to understanding where consciousness comes from. We've created atomic weapons by learning to split single atoms and thereby wield unthinkable destruction upon Earth and humanity, Yet, we've each got 7 billion, billion, billion atoms in the average human body. And if you're anything like me, our late-night food binges lead to a different type of destruction with our atoms. But anyway, I digress. Big numbers are hard to see in perspective when you read them in writing. So, for that 7 billion, billion, billion atoms thing, let's contextualize it with a beach visualization. Okay? Alright. Picture yourself on some sandy beach anywhere on earth. Breathe in that fresh smell of water. Listen as the waves crash. You there? Okay. Now, pick up some sand in your hands, look up close, and think of all the itty-bitty grains of sand in your palms. How many do you think there are in there? Millions? Billions? More? If this is just in the palm of your hand on this one beach, how many grains of sand do you think exist across all the beaches in the entire world? An incomprehensible amount of grains of sand, right? Okay, go ahead and let the sand slip between your fingers. Sit back, relax, breathe. Soak in the sun. That bright, 
deliciously warm bringer of joy in the sky, our one sun. How amazing that all humans across the world share the experience of the sun in some capacity. Do you remember when you first learned that our Earth orbits the sun? And it's got so much space to travel that it takes an entire year to make one lap. And do you remember how mind-blowing it was when it turned out that there are a bunch of planets, some much bigger than Earth, doing the exact same thing? That that is how big and strong our one sun is? Giant planets are pulled into orbit with it for billions of years? These days, people have figured out how to take the energy from the sun and power entire cities. And the sun is so big and energized that we could do that comfortably for billions more years. With all this in mind, how massive the sun must truly be, right? It's almost an incomprehensible amount of size and energy. More mind-blowing still, every star in the night sky is another sun just like ours, often much bigger than ours, and yet so far away that we experience them as tiny twinkles in our night skies. Hmm. What a reflective mood on this beautiful beach. Now, let's go ahead and focus on our breathing. Slowly in, then out. Breathe. Repeat. Mm -hmm. Isn't it nice to breathe? Don't you wish you remembered to breathe more often? You know, that said, isn't it nice that our body remembers to breathe even when we don't? Whether we're conscious of it or not, our body keeps itself breathing. It remembers so that every cell in our body receives the oxygen it needs to stay alive. Our cells get oxygen so we stay alive every single second of every single day till our last dying breath. Mm. Life is sweet. Let's say thank you to ourselves for all that they do all day long. You know, while talking about cells, isn't it wild how every cell is made up of more atoms? That an atom is the unit of matter that we share with all of the physical universe, with the sun itself, the moon, and every organism that we share Earth with? Atoms remind us that everything, yes, everything, is rooted in the same stuff and part of an incomprehensible broader ecosystem. Hmm. Hey, so remember our sun, our glorious sun we were just talking about a second ago, and all of its peers in the night sky? And remember those countless grains of sand slipping through your fingers on the beach? Did you know that there are more suns in the universe than there are grains of sand on our entire planet? And did you know how much space and distance needs to literally exist in the universe in order for that statement to be true? I know. <laughs> and so, back to you and your seven billion, billion, billion atoms. Did you know that's more than there are estimated suns in our universe? Which in summary means, yes, there are more atoms inside of you 
than there are total suns in the entire universe. And there are more suns in the universe than there are even grains of sand on this very planet. It only takes a few atoms to wield unimaginable force across this earth. And yet we stay glued together all day long with an incomprehensible amount of atoms. Seven billion billion billion. Mmm. Swim in that abundance. Okay. Reset the zoom here. All this talk about atoms, all that we've discovered and built with our knowledge. Remember, that still only explains about 5% of what we call reality. The rest, we label dark energy and dark matter in order to make the numbers work. And that's with today's best scientists and computers. Um, hi there. Anyone else wondering what the hell is going on here? I can't be the only one that finds this a little mind-bending, right? Going through this exercise at the beach tends to flip my sense of spatial awareness into overdrive, especially knowing that our best science still has a long way to go. So whatever the reason all of the above is true, all of that science, all of that math, all of the atoms, the suns, the stars, etc., isn't it obvious that humans weren't the ones who created it all? That we're merely learning to operate in a vast, mysterious, 95% not yet well-known universe? It doesn't matter what your spiritual or religious beliefs are. Isn't it obvious that it's not because of us? So, from this perspective, isn't it clear that the way human society works is a very local phenomenon in the grand scheme of universal things? That society's current permutation of issues are specific to just planet Earth this very moment? Isn't it clear that human debates about what's right and wrong are the mere product of an animal species that was more adaptable than its counterparts once the dinosaurs left and is desperately trying to figure out how to keep scaling while staying in charge? A species that continued to spread across this planet and take Earth's resources for its own benefit, just like every other species on this planet would do if it was in the same position. From this perspective, isn't it clear that we've literally created agreements, policies, governments, values, life expectations, and so on, primarily as a way to scale our species' mass takeover of the ecosystem that we've always shared with the other billions of living beings that we can't even communicate with, some of whom we mass reproduce only because they taste good? From this perspective, isn't it clear, therefore, that every human is winging existence every single day? Isn't it clear that, to our best knowledge, we are the most developed species to ever live on our planet, yet we didn't build any of reality's true underlying systems? Today is the most advanced, interrelated day that humanity will ever face. The same will be true of tomorrow, and the day after that. So given how little we truly know about, quote, all this, 
Isn't it clear that over the course of hundreds of thousands of years, we, the human species, haven't gotten to today through perfect choices? Quite the opposite, actually. We've made better choices mostly as a reaction to learning how terrible our past choices were. We have systematically become better at conquering the earth only because of trial and error and adapting more effectively than every other species on this planet to scale our expansion. Our methods changed throughout the centuries, but in the grand scheme of things, the human species has done the same thing over hundreds of thousands of years. Pursue survival, scale social cohesion through trial and error, and endlessly wonder why we're here and what happens when we die. So from this perspective, isn't everything you know and consider to be true about how life and people work worth a closer look? If our best methods have only truly revealed 5% of our universal reality, how could we possibly know anyone from a series of posts they make on a platform that is algorithmically optimizing for us to spend more time in it? How could we possibly know anyone deeply based on their voting patterns, their income bracket, their race, their past choices, their family's past choices? You can't. People have a literal lifetime of choices, experiences, thoughts, and habits that have come to produce who they are being in this very moment, the fullness of which can never be captured unless you were in that person's head, the fullness of which always changes with every additional second of that person's lived experience. But here's the good news. All of that includes you. That includes all of us. Everything is constantly moving. Our atoms, our cells, our air molecules, our planet orbiting our sun, our sun orbiting the galaxy's black hole. We'll save black holes for another day, but do you see what I'm saying? Not only is each individual's life incomprehensibly nuanced, and therefore we all deserve space and grace, but all of reality itself is always shifting, moving, adapting. It turns out most scripts we're expected to follow about our lives don't stand the test of time because the world changes every second. Adapting means learning and unlearning things constantly. Sometimes the easy way, oftentimes the hard way. We paraphrase Darwin to say survival of the fittest, but the word he actually used was adaptable because he acknowledged that being alive means navigating constant change. Darwin taught us that being the most adaptable is, and I can't emphasize this point enough, quite literally the common trait that made our species evolve beyond our chimpanzee brethren and take over this world to bend it for our comforts. This is what most of my writing is likely to be about. The never-ending quest we're all on to adapt to the present moment. The highs and lows the things that don't have good answers, 
the questions we all ask ourselves more than we ever admit. How do we really live this life? What does this all really mean? What should it mean? I wrestle with this stuff every day, just like you. So capturing my thoughts here is as much for you as it is for me. Writing and speaking is how I attempt to make sense of things to untangle my brain. And like you, I'm not always successful. But through trial and error, I'm trying my best to learn and to adapt and create my life on purpose before I join the other 93% of humans that have already died. Here's the conclusion I finally found after 30 good years of pursuing the life script I thought I was supposed to follow. Your entire life cannot reach the social idea of perfect because social perfection requires a clear end state that can be thoroughly validated by others that approve of that same script. Yet, since reality always changes, and therefore all future possibilities, there will never be an end state that can be validated by others as perfection. Playing the perfect game is a fool's choice. There is no winning. Instead, you have to play the life game, where you make choices that bring you closer or further away from a future that only you can sketch in your own imagination. Every single moment is always the very beginning of the rest of your life, which means you've got to be an active participant on where your life is headed. So it's up to you, yes you, to individually and intentionally design what a good life looks like for you. You can gain ideas from places like this blog, but you're the only being that can ultimately choose what resonates with your soul today and what choices you want to make with the thoughts you're currently experiencing and the future that you're currently imagining. It's incredibly hard work to own your life in this way, but I'm crazy enough to believe it's the most sincere, soul-loving way to lead your life. Otherwise, we'll blindly follow other people's advice, wondering whether checking boxes is all there was to this mysterious existence. If our atoms taught us anything, it's that there's much more than that to all of this. Now, what do we do with all of this? Well, each of us must accept that change is the only constant in the true grand scheme of things. That the only way to continue our evolutionary march into the future is through an ever-changing present that we continuously adapt to and learn from. We must each accept that learning to change is a never-ending process, but when it comes to being human, learning to change means learning to live. Welcome to Learning La Vida, a place to discuss reality and the human condition. I'm glad you're here. Thanks in advance for the space and grace. I'll do my best to give you the same. Signing off with Sonder, Ruben.